Welcome to the First Time Facilitator Podcast. Whether you're a first-time facilitator or a seasoned pro, listen in for tips and tricks to make a bigger impact at the next workshop you deliver. And now, your host, Leanne Hughes. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Leanne Hughes. And look, it's been a while. I think the last time I uploaded a podcast to the First Time Facilitated podcast was back in July. And that's because I sort of officially ended the show at 200 episodes. But from time to time, I did say that I will throw in random episodes. There's definitely an interview I will share on this feed coming up. I do have another podcast called Leanne Hughes at Work and Live Large. So my weekly updates are always over there. But in terms of just life updates, business updates, facilitation updates, I thought I'd jump in and say hello. Now, with today's episode, I just want to thank Jenny Blake for reminding me of this, so of the fact that the beauty of First Time Facilitator, well, there are a couple of things that made this podcast, I think, really great. One is it's a defined audience. You know that you're in here because you're a first time facilitator. And so it's, the title is very defining in what captures the topics of the show and the conversations as well. And But what Jenny reminded me of was that the other part of the show that was great was that through the journey of 200 episodes, um, my development and growth as a host became evident to you as part of that. So episode one was, I mean, the whole sort of first 50, 70, 80 episodes were really about, I'm a newbie facilitator. I'm having to do this for my role at work. And I just want to find out how to facilitate better workshops. And then depending on where you're jumping in and where you're listening to the show. I mean, what is fantastic about podcasting is that every week new people are finding the the podcast and the content is still extremely relevant. I think the philosophies and practices that underpin facilitation just are evergreen, which is which is awesome. So if you are new to listening to the show, thank you so much for, for jumping in. Those first sort of up to 100 episodes were really about that the facilitation and the craft focus. And then if you, you would definitely notice the, the evolution of the podcast as we go from episode 100 through to 200, very much at the start of March, 2020, this whole podcast pivoted to really being all about virtual facilitation. So there's lots of tips there on how I shifted my leadership workshops from in-person to virtual creating community and all that. I mean, just really practical Zoom tips. And then it focused on the business of facilitation as I started trying out ideas like my membership, the show up community, and then launching Booked Out Facilitator last year. So it it really has evolved. And what Jenny reminded me of was that as part of this, it really, I found this as one big experiment. And every week I was jumping on the microphone to let you know what I was trying, what I was up to. And I thought this episode, I'll really just focus on, on that, just sharing sort of updates it's not really a Leanne Tan Hall, but like just sharing what's happening with the business, learnings over this year. I'm sharing this so hopefully it provides you with some maybe ideas or triggers or if you've been feeling the same or thinking about things, this might help validate that for you. So the title of this episode is What If You Were Already There? And I think this question, what if you were already there, is so powerful. And I think we've used this question a lot with our clients when we're sort of formulating our intervention strategies for say a workshop or a consulting gig you know the questions that we usually ask are hey what does success look like what would be different as a result of this workshop or this gig or this engagement if this engagement was a 10 out of 10 success what would you be hearing from the people in your organization what would participants be saying 
So I think a lot of the time, like this is the, the sort of future casting, what if the success hit? What would you be seeing? So it's such a powerful question. You know, what if we were already there? Like, what would that look like? What would it feel like? What would you be doing? What would you be saying, etc. And so I actually journaled on this question earlier this week. What if I was already there? And I'm not sure about you, but the reason why I love this question so much is because it helps us understand what is actually important. And I think with social media, you can't help but like you jump on and you see, and you see things and you compare and it's like I actually don't even want that but for some reason I feel like I do want it. It just creates this false, this this fake gap that shouldn't exist. And so when you start journaling about what you really want, you might realize that oh wow, if this is what I want, so how do I shift focus on onto this? So a few things like I already sort of know, but I just wrote down like I definitely want, and this is frustrating for me. I have in my some of my bios on social media platforms. I'm like I'm a wannabe author. I, I actually definitely want to be an author, and I want a couple of books out at least. I want to be known for those books, and then have keynote speeches booked on the back of that, and also live by the beach, live by the water. If I was already there that would be what would be happening. I'd be an author. I'd be booked out for keynote speeches and living by the water, going running by the water. But what was interesting is I something that I really optimize for in my work and life is time freedom. And I feel like at the moment, I'm pretty much there. Like I'm really happy with the way that I'm working with time. And so it was nice to recognize that there's a few things that I'm doing now that I think, yeah, that's the person I want to be, what success looks like for me, I'm actually starting that in a few elements of my life, but obviously not in all of them. And I think the power of the question, what if you were already there, is actually in the follow-up, which is the next question. And that is, if you were already there, what would you be doing? And then acting from that place. So I'll pull out one example just to demonstrate that. These are from two of my friends. <clears throat> got Tim Guinea, who actually dropped over to one of my two-hour cocktail parties recently. And he's been living at the Sunshine Coast for about five weeks now. And he, like, this is like a beautiful beach about two hours north of where I live in Brisbane. So Tim and his family moved there. And he's like, I wish, I wish I did this soon. He said, I'm so happy there. And I look at Tim and I think, you legend, like your definition of what that was for you, you just decided that you would make it happen. And my friend Mel Kettle, she's been on this podcast previously. I'll definitely get her on the new podcast. Uh, she's recently re released a book called Fully Connected. And mid-pandemic, like within a week, they decided to sell the house. They actually bought a new house before they sold their house. And they said, look, our happiness is really based around that daily, that, that daily practice of walking by the beach, being around the water. And she just did it. Like I see these two examples and I think, what, you know, what are we waiting on? And I, it's a call to action for you. Like, what is that sign for you? And I, I suggest don't wait for a sign. Like, actually, if you map this out, if you answer these questions, if you were that person already, what would you be doing right now? Is what you're doing now enabling that future vision of where you want to go? So in terms of if I was a published author, if I had a few books out, what would I be doing if I was that person? Well, I'd be writing every single day. I'm not doing that right now. That needs to change. Like to enable me to be an author one day, it's just deciding. But it's actually the daily practice. And I can start that now. I don't need to wait for permission from anyone. If that's the future vision, if I'm really serious about that's where I want to go, the practice of doing that would be I'd be writing every day. Another thing that I brainstormed was if I was this person, I'd be running workshops around the world. And I, I know I did this for clients for years ago, but I'd be running events for myself. And so I'm heading to the UK and Ireland in November. Chris and I booked that again just, just very recently. 
I thought, well, if I'm over there and I, if this is my vision, why can't I start it now? And so I spoke to my friend Yuri, who's been on the podcast a couple of times. We did the Virtually Possible program together. And so this led to us going, well, let's just, let's just give it a go. So we, we thought about the workshop uh, running a session called Unghostable. But unghostable is about being so good that you can't be ignored. It's a famous Steve Martin line. I believe Cal Newport wrote the book, So Good They Can't Ignore You. So we're running a workshop on that. And we're just going to like, we'll see if we can sell tickets. We'd love to see you there. It's going to be amazing. And of course, we want to make it like the best experience for those of you that decide to come along and spend your time with us that day. But it's got to start from somewhere. If, if it's not happening, if, if you're not getting opportunities attracted to you, how can you create the opportunity from where you are. And usually the thing that stops us from doing that is our decision to make it happen uh, and whatever way. And it doesn't have to be like when I dream about these workshops, I'm like, oh, in my mind, I associate that with like a hundred people. But I'm like, hey, what if 10 people show up? That's a start. And that's how you build momentum. It's how you build confidence. It's how you build social proof as well. It's like going from zero to one. I caught up with my friends, Micah and Petra the other week, and we have these famous long lunches. I just adore them. They're so much fun. We have such a great time. It was such a great uh, friendship. And I said to them over lunch, I'm like, I just feel guilty this year because I've spent a lot of time overseas. I was in Vegas, Hawaii, Thailand. Again, we're heading to the UK and Philippines. Like, shouldn't I be working? And then I thought, well, actually the business of my dreams of what I desire would be where over the course of a year, I can travel, I can explore, I can have two or three months of that year actually just doing things that I enjoy doing that may not be work-related. So how do you create that? Well, you start putting that constraint in. And my friend Ange Henderson has done it this year. She said she's mapped out, like just blocked out all the school holidays, all the public holidays. It's like 75 days in total or something like that and then works around it, builds her business around that. So it's about just defining it, popping it in, and then having that constraint will enable you to be more creative with the way that you work your business. What forces that? I mean, Sean D'Souza, I think he was in episode 22 of this podcast, has a company called Psychotactics and a fabulous podcast called The Three Month Vacation. And he's been doing this for decades, like having the time set aside at the beginning of the year, working around that. I think I need to do that. Like, so all my, most of my trips this year have just been booked like ad hoc. So for next year, I really want to sort of like plan ahead. So that's something that I will be doing. The other thing I think we tend to say is, oh, I want to be attracting the right clients, but we don't really go into any effort into defining what that is. And I'm probably the biggest defender of that. It's funny. I had a friend ask me the other day, like he wants to refer me on. And he said, like, who should I refer you on to? Like, who do you want to work with? And my, my very... An unsophisticated response was, I want to work with leaders who are up for it. When I actually said, oh, how do I make this a bit more professional? That was the word bold, bold came through. I actually want to work with leaders, teams and companies that are open to trying new things and new approaches. And I think to do that, they need to be bold and, and courageous as well. I don't want to really invest the time into helping someone be courageous. I want to get them where they are and then amplify that. While that still isn't massively defined, I think having a psychographic is helpful in terms of the way that you create content and things like that. Playing from a place where you're already there is so powerful, not only from an individual perspective, I think from a business perspective as well. This is what strategy is all about. And I've been certified in sentient strategy, which is all about navigating like just the ambiguity in the world right now and how you can use disruption as an offensive weapon. And I think it's really about remaining relevant and remaining responsive is 
actually going, well, our vision of this business is to do this, yet we've got people that are doing this, how are we going to get to this result? And so rationally, it totally makes sense. And I love that quote, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. So something needs to shift and often it has to happen with a decision. And that has to start with some reflection like that journaling exercise I did that just sort of pulls you in your tracks and it's like, oh, wow, like, okay, if this is what I want, how am I enabling this or what can I do today that can help me jockey in position to get to where I want to go? The quickest way to do that is to pull that vision and focus for 12 months and articulate today, what does that mean? And then you have to ask questions. Well, if I look at my calendar, are the meetings that I'm having right now serving that future direction? And if not, what can I stop? <laughs> so, I mean, another example of this was pausing this. One of my favorite activities was first time facilitator, this podcast. And yes, I'll jump in occasionally and provide updates like this or share some episodes that are relevant to facilitators like yourselves that I've recorded for the other show. But what I had to move away from was with the clients I wanted to attract, I had to move away from branding myself as a facilitator first and more as a partner, an expert, a consultant that could help them out with so much more than just running a workshop. So that, that was really a strategic decision was pulling back from that podcast. Here are some other ways that I've tried to live this and I am a massive work in, in progress. <laughs> so, well, I mean, one thing, if you are on my newsletter, leannehughes.com forward slash subscribe, if you're not on there, I have something every two weeks, I send it out, it's called Two by Tuesday, where I say that you can solve all of the world's problems through the power of a two by two matrix. And the reason I started that is because I had this thing in my mind that I couldn't create conceptual models. And I, I struggled with creating two by twos, yet, when I went to Vegas, Alan gave us two minutes to create a two by two about a concept and I did it really quickly. So I just wanted to be like, all right, how do I dismiss this false assumption in my mind? I gave myself the challenge to, well, for the rest of the year, at least I'll be creating two by twos, two by two matrixes, podcasts, YouTube videos, and then sharing that on my email list every two weeks. And I've discovered it actually gets easier the more you do it, obviously. But yeah, I'm breaking that. Now I feel really comfortable if, if there was a problem, I, I reckon I could use conceptual thinking, some models to map out what the solution would look like. I absolutely love hosting things, like obviously with this podcast, as well as events. And when Alan comes to Brisbane next month, which is Alan Weiss, super exciting, um, I'm running Leanne's Long Lunch. This is an excuse to get people together and host. I really enjoy it. And when I was mapping out what does Leanne look like in future, I, I, I always want to keep hosting like lunches, cocktail parties. And so, right, I decided to do it. I, I picked up the book, The Two-Hour Cocktail Party by Nick Gray. I will release that conversation on this podcast. And I held my first cocktail party a couple of weeks ago. It was really fun. Now I just need to run the second one and get more comfortable and just keep doing it from a place of ease. Because if that's the future person, if that's what future Leanne is doing, well, now Leanne needs to start in that direction as well. Even an example of up-leveling, I booked in with a personal stylist and I just wanted someone to up-level. That's all I told her. I said, look, I just want to up-level what, what, like, what I'm wearing. I, I don't know about you, but whenever I go shopping, I, I always just seem to pick very similar things to what I've bought before, things that I'm comfortable with, the same type of colors that I, I'm attracted to and styles. And so I wanted someone to completely challenge that. And that's why we work with experts. That's why we bring experts in, expert coaches, expert consultants, is we want a new perspective. And that was the best thing ever. And so it's just another way of demonstrating how to disrupt yourself by maybe partnering, bringing in someone else to provide 
a new perspective on what you're doing. I've already shared the London Unghostable example. I'll, sh- I'll put show notes for all of the events and things that I mentioned in this podcast um, in the show notes. Something I decided to do yesterday on my email newsletter was announce something called Leanne On Demand. And this was to optimize again, I'm more instead of like financial freedom is important to me, but I think time freedom is number one. And of course, health freedom would be there as well. Can we have three number ones? So I really want to optimize for time freedom, which what that means is not playing calendar Tetris or not being wedded to my computer. And what I discovered over the, like since the pandemic, I've had all these amazing friends on WhatsApp and it's evolved into like friendtering, really great friendtering relationships on the back of these asynchronous voice messages. So we'll shoot, like I'll record, I'll be on a walk and I'll think of something, I'll just voice note someone they might get back to me in the hour or within 24 hours. And we have these great conversations and learnings over voice notes. I thought, why can't this be an offering? And if I'm sure my clients also don't uh, screen fatigue and don't want to be by their computer too. And so, yeah, Leanne on Demand Coaching is is a voice note. So that's just a pilot that I'm running and we'll see how that goes. And it's, I'm offering it also for my corporate clients in terms of an advisory service. So just like a phone a friend. And this is an, another example. I'm just excited about it. The fact that Alan Weiss is coming to Brisbane, like we met on this podcast, it's something to celebrate. He's been on First Time Facilitator a couple of times. Of course, if you followed my journey, I'm a massive supporter of his work, really appreciate his views on creating discretionary time. And now he'll be in Brisbane in less than, what, four weeks, running week-long workshops over here. So life is really cool like that. And I encourage you, like, rather than, I think we always just look for, I don't know, conventional ways of growth. And I love, again, back to Jenny Blake, in her book, Free Time, she talks about non-linear breakthroughs. And I definitely do believe that whole serendipity that is part of it. Return on luck is what Jim Collins talks about. But what are you doing to place yourself in these situations that provide like these crazy opportunities that can come through a side door, ones that you can't plan. And I think just to end this episode, it's what it's all about is, okay, have an idea of where you want to be, position yourself and say yes to the right opportunities and say no to the ones that might not be leading you down that track. And then also keep your head up and be open to what might be coming through another way. So use that peripheral vision and stay open to see what those might be. That's it for me. I hope you're doing really well. Thank you so much for tuning in. If we're not connected already, I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn at Leanne Hughes, linked in the show notes. I connect with everyone, um, by the way. So please reach out. Instagram, I'm at Leanne Hughes and the new podcast is called Leanne Hughes Work and Live Large. Everything I do is over at leannehughes.com and thanks for listening to the end of the podcast. You're awesome. Enjoy workshopping and chat to you soon.